Thank you, John, for that offertory, and thank you for your giving tonight. Open your Bibles to Psalm 69. Psalm 69. Will you stand for the reading of God's Word? The title of my message tonight, I'm in over my head. Beginning with verse 1. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink deep in the mire, where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters, where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies, wrongfully are mighty. Then I restored, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. The man actually had to do things that he was not guilty of doing. He had to restore something he'd been accused of taking. He wasn't even guilty of it. <laughs> you ever been falsely accused? Sometimes there's problems that help get you in over your head. Let not them that wait on the, thee, O Lord, God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let, let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with, fasten, with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also of my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gates speak against me, and I was the song of drunkards. Now I want to read to you verses 1 through 3 from the message. God, God, save me. I'm in over my head. Quicksand under me, swamp water over me. I'm going down for the third time. I'm hoarse for calling for help. Bleary-eyed from searching the sky for God. You may be seated. Have you ever felt like you've taken everything that you can stand? You just can't take anything else that it seems like all the troubles have come at one time and you just wonder what is going on here. When you think things will get better, they just get worse. We have hope that tomorrow will bring a better day and then we're faced with new challenges. You find yourself going around in circles. I remember one time when I was hunting in Alabama and I was alone in the woods and so I, I went deep into the woods, and I got lost. It was kind of an overcast day, and I couldn't tell the north from the south, the east from the west. And I was lost. And I walked, and I walked, and I walked, and I walked, and I felt surely I would come out to a place that I would recognize. Pretty soon I looked down, and I was following somebody's tracks. And I recognized that to be my own tracks. I was going in circles. 
Sometimes we get so confused that we're just going around in circles. We're as confused as a termite in a yo-yo. And we really don't know what the answer is. I remember coming, uh, Pastor Gary coming home from college and um, we went hunting in the woods down near uh, Keystone Heights. And I don't remember exactly the plot of ground that we were hunting on, but we were unfamiliar. We'd never hunted there before. And so we went deep into the woods and parked the car. Bad thing to do. Need to park the car in a recognizable place. We parked it deep down into the woods. And after a while, we decided we'd go home. We could not find that car. I mean, we walked and we walked and we walked. And I was taking the flu. I mean, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't hunting for it. That's not what I went out for that day, but I caught the flu that day. We didn't kill anything. We didn't catch anything but the flu. And I was so sick, I could hardly put one foot in front of the other. Finally, we found a road. And so we just sat down on the side of the road. Pretty soon, some hunters in another vehicle came along and we explained our plight to them. And they took us and drove and drove until they helped us to find our vehicle. I tumbled into the back seat and literally collapsed. And Gary drove us home and it took two weeks for me to get over that spell of flu. And so again, we were in up to our neck. We were lost and we didn't know how to get out. Maybe there's someone in this room tonight. The circumstances around your life are such that you're in over your head. You need a solution. You need an answer. You need God to show up and help you in your dilemma. I felt like the psalmist in verse three, uh, one through three in the message. Let me read it to you again. God, save me. I'm in over my head. Quicksand under me. Swamp water over me. I'm going down for the third time. I'm hoarse for calling for help. Bleary-eyed from searching the sky for God. Save me, O God, the King James says. The waters come unto my soul. I sink in deep mire. There is no standing. There's nothing firm, nothing solid under me. I'm weary of crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for God. Let me tell you another hunting story. I was hunting one time and I got in the quicksand. And I was alone again. I don't know what it is. I just don't trust other hunters with a gun in the same woods I'm in. <laughs> and I stepped into some quicksand. And I felt myself going down. The more I moved, the deeper I got. Pretty soon I had to reach over and grab a hold of a bush on the side and start pulling myself gently out of that quicksand. It's not a pleasant feeling to be alone and be sinking in the quicksand. And so maybe tonight God had me stop by here and bring you a word to encourage you. You're not alone. God is still there. God understands your plight. He knows that you're going down. He knows you're not going to be able to come up by yourself. And he has help available. Is there anybody here tonight that feels that you're in over your head and you need a miracle? You've seen the television commercial, the man with a new home, a new lawnmower, a new car.
smiling. He's as happy as he can be. And he says, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Can anybody help me? <laughs> I love that commercial. It's so true to life. I've met a lot of people that are in that particular predicament. Sinking sand threatens to engulf you. You're going down. You're sinking deep in the mire where there is no standing, there is no solid footing. Quicksand will pull you down. In the message, I'm in over my head. Quicksand under me, swamp water over me. Now it's a bad feeling to be caught in the quicksand and it's a bad feeling to have swamp water all around you. Swamp water stinks. It doesn't smell good. It's not a pleasant environment. It's stale and it has all kinds of things in it. Is there anybody in this room tonight that's ever been caught into a situation that got kind of smelly? <laughs> the unpleasantness of being in financial debt, that in itself is like swamp water. The unpleasantness of being overcome by drugs and by alcohol. Any other addiction that people have, it gets control of them. They don't like it. They don't like where it takes them. They don't like where they wind up. It's embarrassing to the family. It's embarrassing to their friends. They're ashamed of themselves. They don't even like it that they're that way. But they find themselves sinking deeper and deeper and deeper and the swamp water is all around them. I'm telling you, the devil is a hard taskmaster. He does not have mercy on you. God is your friend. And even when you fail him, and even when you don't trust him, even when you don't follow him, He's following you. His eye is on the sparrow, and he's watching you tonight, and he knows your dilemma. He understands the quicksand that's pulling you down. He understands the swamp water that's all around you and the things that's about to do you in, and you'll never find a way out of the problem you're in. It's easy for us as Christians. We see a brother hurting, and he's ashamed of himself. And he wants to get out of his problem. He says, what can I do? You say, well, God bless you, brother. What you need to do is to pray and read your Bible. Now, that's an easy thing to tell somebody. And people have tried it. People who are drug addicts and alcoholics, they do pray. They do read their Bible. And they still are overcome with alcohol. They're still overcome with drugs. They find that they're in swamp water. They're in quicksand. They're going down. And they're going down for the third time. Now, I don't know if it's true that if you go down for the third time, you won't come up again, but you'll be in a watery grave because some people have gone down for the third time. They made it back up and they survived. I'm here to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter how many times you've been down. God wants you to survive. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to come out and be victorious as the chorus that we were singing a moment ago. We want to be victorious. It could be crime again and again. People have been caught in crime. I, I learned the other day of a young man that had been arrested 20 times, been in jail 20 times, but still out on the street. We don't have an easy answer for those problems, do we? You know, some people feel like that they can get by, they can sin, they can cheat, they can steal, they can take what doesn't belong to them, and uh, it's not going to catch up with them. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 17 and 18 says, Stolen waters are sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not that the dead are there. 
and that her guests are in the depths of hell. I want to tell you young men that brag about the affairs that you have in life and how many times that you've been able to take advantage of a member of the opposite sex. It's okay for you to brag until somebody speaks the word of HIV virus over you. And then swamp water begins to gather around you and you're going down and you realize there's no cure. And also DNA proves that you're the father of a child, that you didn't understand the consequences of your actions. And you're gonna be paying child support for many long years. Let me tell you, young men, you think you can be promiscuous and get by with it and, and you begin to tally up all the number of girls that you've been with and, um, and they get pregnant and they have a baby and DNA proves that you're the daddy, you're going to support that child. You're going to be paying a long, long time. You talk about being in over your head, you're in over your head. Some of you may already be there tonight. And you're shaking in your boots and you don't know where to turn to. You need to turn to Jesus. The sinking sand of bad credit. Compulsive buying. People read the advertisements on Sunday and head out for the department stores on Monday. Well, maybe that's not a bad idea since it's Valentine's Day on Wednesday. <laughs> Man, a little hint to the wise. Online purchases are tempting. And just a few clicks and you can order and, and it will arrive at the door in a few days and it's been charged. I learned of somebody that's maxed out several credit, credit cards, four credit cards. It's not, nothing to brag about that you can do that and get by with. You don't get by with it. One day there's payday. Bargain counters and 50% off. Every week I see the advertisements, 50% off. That same company has advertisements every week of the year, 50% off, 50% off, 50% off. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Mortgage companies that inundate your mailbox with low interest loans that will help you manage your payments and take you into debt deeper and deeper and deeper with your equity and whatever schemes that they have to offer you. There's nothing free out there. You need to learn that you're going to have to work to get out of your debt. You're going to have to work to pull yourself out of that swamp water. You're going to have to get a hold of reality and begin to strain and begin to pull and to get some counseling and get somebody that can help pray you through your trying times. If you can't afford it, it's not a bargain. You're in over your head, in over your head. Young people need to learn that before they get credit cards. I'm amazed at the number of young people. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have credit cards tonight? I know all of you have cell phones. Just don't let it go off in church. You owe me a steak dinner if you do. Men brag about their country club memberships. Their spacious homes, their new cars. How did I do this? The man said, Somebody help me. The psalmist cried out in verse 1, Save me, O God. God is our help. Psalms 142 says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion. In the land of the living, attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. 
Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Psalms 121, verses 2 through 8. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Give the Lord a good praise. Amen. God is faithful. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. In verse 5, I read that passage, The Lord is my helper. Your soul is safe. He will preserve your soul. He will keep you. You know, it's wonderful that you can be saved in the time of trouble. Even though you may have debt, even though you may have health problems, you can be saved and sanctified and on your way to heaven and still get sick. You can be saved and still have financial problems. You can be saved and still have problems with relationships. But the wonderful thing is you have Jesus as your friend. He's going to pull you through. You're going to make it. You're not going down under the quicksand. It's time for us to dial 911. 911. What's that all about? Psalms 91 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. I feel like I'm blasting you out. Is this too loud? We'll turn these monitors down. I'm blasting myself out. <laughs> A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the, the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Thank God, friends. There's a lot of reasons why this man was under the quicksand. We read down in verse 4 and 5, false accusations. Put swamp water all around him. He was not guilty of what he was accused of. Maybe in this congregation tonight, there may be a young person or an older person that people have been telling lies about you. But I like to go to Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the saints of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. 
you can claim that promise. No weapon will formed against you will prosper. God will see you through. The psalmist said, I've got more enemies than the hairs on my head. That might not be many for some. <laughs> Sneaks and liars are out to knife me in the back. What I never stole, must I now give back? Must I make restitution for something I didn't even take? I'm not even guilty of stealing? God, you know every sin I've ever committed. My life's a wide open book before you. Be honest with God. Don't try to hide anything from God. It will help you on the day when you're in trouble. God knows every sin. God's reputation is at stake. Whatever's happening to you, His name is at stake because He is your Savior. He is your keeper. He's promised that no weapon formed against you will prosper. He has promised that angels of God will gather around you to preserve you. The psalmist says, I pray, God, it's time for a break, God. It's time for a break. Answer in love. Answer with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the swamp. Don't let me go down for good. Pull me up out of the clutch of the enemy. This whirlpool is sucking me down. And so it is with life. You find that you're going further and further down. But what you've got to understand is there comes a point in time you're not going to accept that destiny. God has better things for you. I understand the criminal record. I understand the addictions. I understand the problems that have overwhelmed you until you feel like you're in over your head. But you've got to say, I don't want to go where I came from. I'm not going back there. There's better things for me. I'm a child of God. God has forgiven me for my past. And I'm not going back to that life of sin. Drugs have no hope for me. Alcohol has no hope for me. A long prison record has no hope for me. God has a new day in store for me. And he set before us all the future. For the rest of your life, you can make good. For the rest of your life, you can say to the devil, I'm not following you. I'm not giving in to this temptation. I resist this temptation in Jesus' name. Get out of my life, devil. Get out. I put you under my feet like the song we were singing tonight. Now, the psalmist made it. How do I know he made it? He didn't drown. He lived to write about it. When you read this, you're writing, you're reading the writings of one who is a survivor. One who had swamp water all around him. One who was going down for the third time, and he lived to write about it. How did he make it? Well, I looked down in the bottom of the chapter, and I found a secret to the psalmist's success. Will you open your Bible to Psalm 69 one more time and look at verse 30 with me. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. That's how he lived long enough to write this song. He said, I'm going to praise God no matter what happens. In everything, give thanks. Praise your way through your day of trouble. Praise God for all blessings. Thank Him for His bountiful resources. And you're going to come out on the good end of this deal. The devil is not going to win this battle. If you'll start praising God, when trouble comes your way, start praising the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for good health. If the devil makes you be afraid of cancer, say, no cancer in Jesus' name. No cancer in Jesus' name. If he makes you afraid of a heart attack, say, no heart attack in Jesus' name. 
Frank Ambrose went into the hospital and the doctors felt like that he was going to have a heart attack and he was going to have open heart surgery again. He'd already been there twice. And they began to confess, no heart attack. I agreed with them, no heart attack, no heart attack, no open heart surgery, no surgery, no surgery. He came out of that hospital without a heart attack, without surgery. Praise God. You start giving in to your fears, and the thing that you fear will come upon you. But you start praising God through the time of fear and doubt and unbelief, and God will raise up a battlement against the enemy. And you will win a glorious victory over the enemy of your soul and over the enemy of your body, over the enemy of your family, over the enemy of your education, whatever it is. You will win if you start praising God and giving him thanks and glory. Let me shout God's name with a praising song. Let me tell his greatness in a prayer of thanks. For God is better than the oxen on the altar, better, better than blue ribbon bulls. You know, if you brought sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament and offered them on the altar, God said, I don't want that. I don't want those bulls and goats and sheep. I want the praises of my people. I want my people to love me. I want them to praise me. I want us to stand and let's give God praise. Start praising God. Start telling him who he is. He's greater than all the forces of evil. Give God glory and honor and praise. Praise the Lord. 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 With heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anyone here tonight that you're not saved? You're in over your head. You know that life is not going right. You don't want it to go wrong anymore. You need a miracle. You need to turn around. Raise your hand to indicate your need of prayer, and I will put you on my prayer list this week. I will pray for you every single day. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, my life's not right. I need a miracle. Pray for me. Raise your hand anywhere in this room. Just anywhere. Way over to my right. God bless you. Amen. 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 You see someone lift their hand, just go to them. Put your arm around them and start praying for them. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It may be a health problem. Maybe finances. Maybe problems at school problems in the neighborhood, even a church. But if there are needs, you feel like that you've had about all you can take, you need the miracle of God in your life right now, I want you to start claiming. I want you right where you are just to start talking to God about your problem. You don't need to lift your hand. I don't need to know what it is. Nobody else needs to know. Let's just pray together right now. Father, whatever it is, it makes us feel that we're in over our head. We have nowhere to turn to. We don't know what the future holds. We're uncertain about the outcome. But Lord, one thing we do know, we don't want to go back to the life we used to know. We're not going back. We're not going back. We're going to hold on. We're not going to sink any deeper. Lord, we're holding on to your unchanging hand. And we want you to lift us out. Lift us up above the shadows. Plant our feet on higher ground. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
Praise God. Praise God. I want everyone that would just like to pray about something to just immediately come to this altar area. Stand here to pray for a friend, for your family, for yourself, for your home, for school, whatever it is. There's desperate circumstances. I know there are. We as pastors learn a lot of tragic things, heartbreaking things. Oh, God. 